A very warm welcome to all my listeners who have tuned in to listen to another episode of Insider's Talk with New Entrepreneurial Journey. So let's dive in. I have with me today Mr. Preetam Onska, founder of Brunch Bites, the skill company and Taylor's Mart. So Preetam, welcome to Insider's Talk and I'm really looking forward to talking to you regarding all the three ventures in the coming segment. Thank you, Veronica. Thank you for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. So let's get started with the first segment. Before we get on to your ventures, let's talk about you. I want my listeners to know the more of you and then move on with your ventures. So if you could share with our listeners, you know, your educational background and um, what were you more inclined to professionally before you became an entrepreneur? Okay, very interesting question. Thank you for asking me that. So uh, from an education background point of view, I think, it, uh, you know, I'll start with my life in Goa. So I'm a 100% Goan. Uh, you know, I did my diploma in construction engineering at a time when construction was the booming industry to go to and obviously like all of us uh, you know there is an immense pressure uh, to be in the in the rat race uh, and so you know I, I made through uh, to getting an admission into the construction site but soon to realize that you know that's not something that I enjoy doing uh, and I, when I actually decided to leave that uh, industry and move to sales, uh, people looked at me with suspicion. Is this the you know right kind of call that this guy is making? Uh, but sticking to the education itself, I then went on to pursue my uh, PGDBM from the Pune University, uh, then went on to do my master in business studies again from Pune University. Uh, and then also had the privilege or luck, uh, you may call it, to uh, be at the IIM Ahmedabad for the management development programs several times. So that gave me a tag of being an alumni of IIM Ahmedabad uh, for the MDP programs that I did. So long and short, this is where, uh, you know, my educational qualification stands. Before I turned an entrepreneur, I think, uh, you know, I was always and always inclined towards sales, right? But uh, in my journey, I also got the flavor of, uh, you know, working in the corporate strategy team, uh, working in the marketing team, etc. Uh, and mostly into B2B slash FMCG space. Though FMCG, you know, I, I kind of left in the year 2000 uh, or so. So from there on, it's always been the B2B uh, telecom space in some sense. I worked with, I think, most of the large telcos in different markets like Singapore, uh, Middle East and Africa, India, of course, um, SAC countries is also something that I have fair knowledge about. So that's the long and short of me. Wow, that's that's quite a global experience, I should say, in the corporate world. Yes, so- it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's just happened that I, I I got picked up for a for a um, uh, leadership program. Uh-huh. Uh, and it kind of mandated that we change our roles every two years. So it was more to get us out of our comfort zone. So I was, when I was, when I was, in sales, uh, the first uh, you know uh, role change that I got was in the corporate strategy. That's when I had to move to Singapore, uh, work with the likes of PwC and McKinsey uh, to see you know what are the possibilities of uh, uh, you know expanding the local market for the company that I was working for. So that was an interesting experience. And then I moved as a head of marketing for India and Shark based out of Mumbai. That's also was a, was, a, was a very interesting stint that I had because that's when you actually spend the money and not get the revenue. So, so I enjoyed doing that as well for the company. So it's been a good run so far. Yeah, it's lovely. It's, well. it's quite impressive to hear that. So 
Thank you. I so mean, with, with this journey, when what was your trigger point when you decided that all right, I need to become an entrepreneur and start? And you started thinking about you know, in uh, what sector you want to uh, go in. So I think for me it was accidental uh, because I my journey as an entrepreneur started as a consumer or as a customer. I would say uh, you know I had a team member uh, during my uh, you know one of the stints in one of the telcos. uh his name is joy and his neighbor praveen they started this company called as jp fitwell so praveen is somebody who has uh, you know um, 100 years legacy in the tailoring business so as a result he brings uh, something which is very very important to all of us which is the accuracy of uh, you know tailoring right so he he is the one who actually gets things first time right for us so they started this venture and i was their one of their first customers you know we all we indians we have different body types if you go to the north uh, you know you'll find tall and bulky guys whereas if you go to the south you will find not so tall and not so bulky guys so our body structures change but what we get in the stores or uh, likes of you know uh, shoppers or or lifestyle is a thing that is made for a perfect body so obviously alteration comes into picture so i used to buy this slim fit trousers and try to alter it for my length <laughs> and the shape of the trouser would change so that's when i moved to made to measure and you know joint praveen came as uh, at the right time i would say and that's when i started using them in the first um, then i moved to singapore i used to come every 3 uh, months and you know call these guys get couple of trousers done from them and carry them back to singapore and this became my uh, routine uh, almost for the 2 years that i was there and that's the time i was also observing the kind of work that they are doing right so the fact that you know they would come home with the fabric i could put touch and feel the fabric and then order what i wanted to do is something that really excited me actually and at a very very affordable price that that was another uh, you know trigger you can say so during one such trip uh, you know i gave them a suggestion i said you know you guys are doing a fantastic job but i've been watching you guys that you're not able to scale it up to where it should be ideally uh so i said that if we can just abolish this current brand that you have and build a new brand uh from the scratch uh then you know um we can do it together and to my surprise they agreed <laughs> and that's when my journey started and then i had to go through the entire process of getting an approval from the company that i was working for luckily they had an external directorship policy which allowed me to do that and uh, the my journey started maybe after a year of having a discussion with them well that's quite interesting from consumer to actually starting something or uh, making sure that they start something scratch so that they can you know scale their business so in this in this journey i believe that you would have done your own r&d before you uh got into the ventures now uh like i in initially said that now uh, you're doing the skill company then you are also uh you've uh, done brunch bites and tailors made they're all in different sectors so how did you prepare yourself to get into the sector fantastic i mean uh, you know this is this is one question which i'm i get asked repeatedly that you know how you do you keep changing your hats from you know an ed tech company to a fashion tech company to a uh, you know food tech company uh, and my answer to that is very simple my role in all the three companies is constant 
which is sales, which is sales marketing and pr and alliances right this is what i take care of so whenever actually i got into any venture uh, i actually restricted to the things that i do well right uh, I, i i i held myself there uh, and i allowed the other uh, partners in the company to actually take the lead uh, at what they are good at right it would have been mm-hmm. foolish of me to actually take over operations from praveen for whom it's a 100 year old legacy you know uh, in the tailoring space or to take it from poonam who is my uh, you know partner at uh, at tech company the skill company Uh, because she has been doing that for 11 years plus in the training space right uh, and the radio jockey and you know uh, the other passion based professions uh, that we have under the skill company so i have i have consciously kept myself uh, you know limited to what i do best which is sales marketing pr and alliances and rest of the things i are actually offloaded loaded to my other partners uh, but to your question of uh, you know what's this research or study that we had to do i think that's a very very uh, important and a and a very uh, and a question that the young entrepreneur should always listen to that the homework is the only thing which will actually bridge the gap between the success and the failure right uh, mm-hmm. and we actually when we were doing tailor smart or we were doing brunch bite we studied hell lot of failures which had happened in the same space in the past in the in this country itself right and you will find many uh, of them uh, and that is what actually helped us to learn from their mistakes right for just to give an example uh, in 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 brunch bites initially uh, we were looking to set up our own kitchens right uh, and then suddenly we realized that okay setting up one kitchen is nothing less than 15 20 lakh rupees of investment which will make us capital heavy which will make us capex heavy and we decided to outsource that part because none of us actually had the um, you know expertise uh, which were needed to run a kitchen right we we had uh, partners who had food expertise but they were not really the guys who could actually run the run kitchen for us right so that's when we actually moved uh, to a much lighter opex kind of a model uh, and it was all thanks to all the studies that we uh, easily got access to to through google and 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 other sources so my uh, humble request or a suggestion would be that anything that you wish to start first look for what are the successes or the f- failures which have happened in that space it will never happen that you will not find those because we always think that oh my idea is is unique and you know nobody can compete with my idea and there will be no such case studies but you will be surprised that you'll find many of those that is true actually yeah because uh, i think nowadays the ideas it's it's not the idea but but the solution or the way you are implementing it has to be unique Absolutely. or some kind of a usp that you can give to your customers because over the period of time i i i now truly believe that ideas are more or less the same but the way you are implementing it is what is causing the difference difference exactly the execution is the is the key because otherwise 95% of the uh, startups fail because of poor execution not because the ideas were poor the execution right. poor and hence they fail that is true that is true now since we are still uh, talking on the research um, i also wanted to know like you know um, there is always a some kind of a mentor or um, 
some kind of um, or someone you know, like you know you follow when you when you start your entrepreneurial journey so was it something that uh, because you already went through iim and you had that management uh, level uh, exposure already but wa- was there someone that you were following or you call them call them your mentors when you enter into your entrepreneurial journey uh, my most of my mentors actually have been from my corporate corporate life i would say uh, from a, a mentor in the business uh, i think i've always had people whom i've read about they have been my inspiration i would say uh, quite a few of them are you know global leaders like steve jobs and richard branson uh, but you know i've i would say that i don't necessarily have a mentor an indian mentor whom i look forward to as a you know inspiration per se of course mm-hmm. uh, the likes of ratan tata and uh, you know dilbai abani and you know the mix around that is always playing on your mind right but uh, to call them the real mentors is because we we, we hardly have access to to them to kind of right. uh, but yeah they are inspirations for sure uh, mm-hmm. uh, the names the four five names that i just took their inspirations uh, but mentors i would still say i got mentorship from uh, you know the corporate life that that i've you know spent yeah. wow well well said there so if you can rewind and you know think about the first time when you became an entrepreneur so i'm pretty sure because the first are always something that we mostly remember so what was your first aha moment when you became an entrepreneur when we first signed the registration we got the copy of our, <laughs> of our registration as a private limited company and you know my name was showing as one of the directors i think that uh-huh. was a, there was a huge moment for me personally because uh, i don't come from a business family my father is a you know central government employee he retired as a central government employee um my mother is a homemaker i think in 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 our entire family there's nobody who's into business right mostly mm-hmm. they are into private jobs or government jobs uh so for me uh, to kind of set the trend uh, for others to follow in the family <laughs> uh, and in generations to come i think that's uh, that's a, that's a very nice feeling uh, you know uh, and uh, it's it, it's it's also always you know people when people used to say you know i have butterflies in my stomach when i started mm-hmm. the business i could not relate to this fact right uh, because we uh, people who uh, you know are employed uh, or who are employees uh, normally get their salary on the first uh, and that that sometimes also is an addiction <laughs> in my uh, my uh, view uh, and and that's something that i was never able to was able to experience if i had not taken the bold step and you know um, uh, become an entrepreneur i did feel those butterflies when you know i became a full time entrepreneur recently ah so you you coming from a background of absolutely no business so how did your family react to it when when you actually announced and say said that you know i'm going to be an entrepreneur yeah, still in shock. what i'm going to do i can understand yeah still in shock uh, i'll give them some more time to recover uh, you know any business whether it's a success or failure it, it takes some time to uh, basically a certain so i wouldn't say that i am a success yet or a failure mm-hmm. i am still on the journey and so are they uh, so <laughs> they are still accepting uh, this fact 
so it's 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 going to take some time before uh, you say whether you know uh, you have made it or you not made it. In both the cases, I think there'll be immense learning. Um, right. Look forward to so. You will only know whether you've made it once you start. So you've done the stepping stone. I mean. Exactly. You put the foundation there. So it's now just the matter of time when you know how tall your building is going to get. So uh, how will you manage to uh, shift your mindset from, from an employee to an entrepreneur? Because there is a lot of difference. Like you said, right? It's an addiction. You have a fixed salary coming in every month. You don't have to worry about how much you're going to earn or, you know, uh, earn less or more for the uh, months to come. So how were you able to switch your mindset from an employee to an entrepreneur? I think the I think the first mindset uh, change that you need uh, as a person or as a human being is to kind of set your own expectations first, right? Um, there is going to be a change uh, when you are going from an X salary to almost a zero salary, right? And that can continue maybe for a year or or or, or so or less also. We don't know. But it's it it all starts with that, right? So if you are riding, um, let's say, or if if you're driving an Audi or a or a or a Mercedes Benz, uh, you have to in your mind tell yourself that okay, if I have to ride a bicycle tomorrow, I will do it, you know. So that's the acceptance level that uh, that is needed when you take these these kind of steps, right? Uh, and and. And trust me, there is no shame or there is no pride in doing so, right? Uh, it's just a part of the journey, uh, which will uh, take you somewhere or which will teach you something. But mentally, you have to be prepared. Okay, today I'm riding an Audi. Maybe tomorrow I, I need to switch on to, the, to a bicycle and I will do it. Because you're doing it not for just for yourself, but for the business that you're building. And people and stakeholders who are attached to it, they have huge faith and you know confidence in you. So... It's, it's a collective, uh, you know, responsibility basically that you take. Uh, so I think if you, if you have that, rest all falls in place, is my view. Correct. Truly agree. So with this, let's move on to the next segment and, uh, you know, talk more about your ventures. You have already given us the idea of what TaylorSmart, Brunch Bites and the skill company is all about. Sure. But if you can just in brief, you know, talk about uh, a little bit more about sure. the three ventures and probably about the technologies that you're using and what different USP you're getting into the market to our listeners. Perfect. So let me start with the first baby, which is Taylor Smart, which we established in 2016, December. Uh, and we li went live with it. Here, we just do three things. Very, very simple. First, we make you look good. Okay. That's for sure. We, we And we really do it well, whether it's uh, men's wear or women's wear, we really do it. The second thing that we do is we create multiple jobs for our tailors, masters who fall in the unorganized sectors and nobody looks at them. Uh, you may not know this fact that most tailors on an average have jobs only for six months. And the remaining six months, they actually struggle to make ends meet. That's why we thought that if we create a platform where all these tailors and masters can come on board with us, Obviously, we certify them for the kind of quality uh, that they churn out and then, you know, give them jobs. That's what we do as number two. Number three, uh, there are lots of young designers who are aspiring to get real customers on board, right? So we are a platform for designers, basically. And how do we do it? Again, similar concept where you come as a designer, 
you get to post free on our website and on and on our app if your design is selected we give you direct access to the customers and you can style the customers uh, him or her the way she wants and of course all this is possible because we have uh, made uh, good use of the technology so we we have an app and a website where you can go and book your appointment uh, once you book an appointment uh, the tailor or the master will come to your office home or just a cafe uh, to actually show you so you have two choices you can choose the designs or you can choose the fabric and we are fabric neutral so you will get all the brands that you want right so that's not a worry and he will come to your office home or cafe and show you the designs you see the design you actually this is the only platform where you first feel the fabric and then you make a choice. So you, you are actually making an informed choice. So it will not be a case where you ordered online and the parcel lands at home and then you wear it and say, oh, this is too rough for me. I'm not going to use it. So I'm going to give it as a return and you're going to send it back. Those kind of experiences you will never have because you're actually feeling the fabric and you know ordering from us. Uh, so once that happens, you are measured up and uh, your credentials are available on the app. So whenever you go uh, for your window shopping also, the, you can just open the app and get your uh, measurements when somebody asks you what is your waist size or whatever, right? So that's also an advantage to the customer. And once uh, the measurements are done, you get a payment link, you pay, and the outfit is delivered within 15 or 20 days uh, to your doorstep. So you, in the COVID times, you don't even have to step out of uh, you know, your home in some sense. And all this is while you're creating a social impact because you can be rest assured that while you have worked with us, you have helped one at least one designer, one tailor, and one master in, in, the, in, the, in the bargain. Uh, so that's about Taylor Smart. Then let's talk about Brunch Bites. Brunch Bites is a very interesting concept where we try to combine the food delivery with what, let's say, the Dabawalas in, in Mumbai were, were doing. So we found out uh, a very clear space uh, where there are other food delivery companies who are not owning the hygiene uh, factor or the homeliness of the food in some sense, right? And we are also coming up with a healthy range. So I can also say the, the healthy food range as well. So that's where we created three different verticals under Brunch Bites. Uh, and there we have industrial catering, which is again uh, focused very heavily on hygiene and homeliness of the food. So we pick up, you know, cuisine based on the percentage of uh, people of, uh, of the local origin who work in a particular industry. And then we prepare the menus for them accordingly. Because nowadays food has become a big driver, especially during COVID times and companies are even willing to spend more to, to keep their, uh, you know, workforce happy by giving them some good, healthy, hygienic food. So that's helping us. So that's our one vertical under brunch point. The second vertical is very simple Tiffin service, which any individual, any corporate, any school, any college can order. By the way, we had a huge success in the school space before they shut down because we created some very unique menus for the for the kids um, and you know hygienically have packed them and were delivering. We were in fact the the month we started. The same month, we started doing about 400 school tiffins in a small place like Goa. Goa normally is a place where we do our pilots. Uh, every single day, we were doing about 400 meals. So that's what speaks about you know the, the kind of uh, curation that went into uh, the school tiffin menu. And the thing what was happening is we studied the menu uh, you know from grounds up, right? Mostly we found that 
the tiffins had cheese sandwich jam sandwich chutney sandwich uh, and some chips uh, or some you know uh, maybe some fruits like bananas and things like that and most of these things were like neither very healthy nor very you know colorful for the kids to kind of have it. so kids sometimes would have it sometimes would not have it so we created like something like you know uh, brown bread burgers with a beetroot patty in it with a ragi halwa right so which was very colorful uh, very uh, different and tasty and was very healthy also for the kids so that's something i think uh, worked for us very well so that's the second vertical which is you can just download the app and you can order your daily weekly or monthly uh, you know uh, lunch boxes dinner boxes or combos some people eat light so we have also given them combos which only has little, little rice and gravy or chapati and sabzi that kind of those kind of combos also are available and the third vertical we have introduced is the home chefs basically so there are so many home chefs who are looking to uh, you know uh, expand beyond their homes so we thought that there are many other companies who are doing it so we uh also spoke to one company in chennai who was also doing it successfully and they are the ones who are helping us to build that vertical of home chefs so this is these are the three things that we do in uh, brunch bites and to the most recent baby which is skill company so skill company is uh, is the newest baby i would say we are we are completing one year in this month uh this is primarily focused on soft skills yeah because uh, if you've seen the new nep uh, and which is fantastic credit to whoever has designed it uh, is now giving the most desired focus on the soft skills right uh, we always used to crib and complain that our people when they go outside they do pretty well but no, nobody was actually wanting to understand why so right uh, and the simple reason for that was and 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 howard has done a study on this and they say that 85% of your success actually comes from the soft skills that you have and only 15% comes from the actual knowledge or the hard skills that you have people who went from here to let's say us or any other place had the required foundation what they got there to brush up their skills is an opportunity to express themselves very often right and that's where they created the difference and hence we have you know google ceo who is an indian microsoft ceo who is an indian and so on and so forth so we thought that this is the right opportunity for us to focus on soft skills so in the skill company we have one vertical which focuses on uh, as we call it life essential skills which is your uh, you know public speaking your listening ability your leadership qualities your ability to you know, work in a group uh, cross functional engagement so on and so forth there is a second vertical which focuses on your passion based uh, skills or professions that you want to get into so we are had a rj school in nagpur which we uh, you know integrated with this company uh, we have about 52 radio professionals to our credit already so there in that vertical we do programs like radio jockey courses voice modulation courses uh, something that you are doing doing right now which is podcasting uh, and movie making culinary art and so on and so forth so that's the second vertical the third vertical focuses on corporate training but again corporate training is with a difference where we can get you to do some experimental experiential learning and not just do classroom uh, kind of training so that's what we do in skill company as well and we've 
so far had a very decent run that's quite amazing actually i mean i think all three ventures are giving something back to the society in one way or the other that's what i take from what uh, you've spoken yes. and that's quite commendable quite commendable so how do you uh, like you know uh, like you said now everything that we develop or want uh, to create is on technology because now everything is mostly online your presence has to be there yes and with a blink of an eye the technologies are getting upgraded so it's no more we are in an era where you know it gets upgraded i, I don't know sometimes within 10 days you would get an uh, notification of an upgrade that you have to download so how are you managing that all three company of yours are up to date with the technologies that are coming up brilliant question veronica brilliant question and that's where uh, you know i have not spoken about the other ventures so that's where where the other venture comes into picture uh, we have created another venture called as itech seed right india technology and seed what we are trying to do here is that get the latest technology and make it available for the small and medium enterprises on a pay per use model let me tell you what the problem statement is first the problem is that when you talk to an smb which has a let's say 15 20 employees only and he has to uh, you know get a, a digitally uh, equip himself so so getting an hr module or getting a sales and distribution module or get an inventory uh, management module becomes a cost for him because each of these modules will have a one time cost of at least 1 lakh rupees or 2 lakh rupees. so he ends up spending this 5 6 lakh rupees as a one time cost on getting these modules to make his company digital right so we said that okay we will create these modules we will invest in creating these modules ourselves and put it on the cloud and give it to uh, the users on a pay per use model so we are giving these modules to them at right like 150 rupees 100 rupees per user now look at the way the game has changed right so now they are paying like what 500 rupees per month so about 6000 rupees per year so it's easier for them to adopt technology and based on the same principle is what we do for our other three companies as well right so whatever we have taken from our vendors is mostly on paper use one so, so so that's our strategy you can say so i've i've given you the secret actually yeah but the, I, i'm giving the secret out because more and more people can adopt technology because if mm. you do that which means you're making your company far more agile you're making your company far more lighter because you're not investing in in capex in fact i would most of the startups i would tell them to work out of a, a co-working space right you right. don't really need to set up a huge office and i have had a very good experience working in, in co-working spaces it saves cost it gives it allows you to connect with people who uh, can give you business so it's a it's a complete win win true i think co-working space when it came into the picture was actually one of the game changers when it came to came to you know people who are just starting because uh, whenever i spoke with people who have worked in co-working spaces they have said that you know they they started interacting and networking right from there mm-hmm. yeah it, it's Absolutely. definitely a good way to start if you have you don't have any connections yet true. and uh, you want to get into an entrepreneurship absolutely yeah that's lovely now you are multitasking <laughs> okay with so many things that you're doing i mean and i know i'm i can say from my experience i'm extremely bad so if i do two things at a time i'm pretty sure one of the things will turn out to be very messy 
Now, with so many ventures, how are you able to, you know, track and uh, probably set up goals for, you know, different departments or how are you, how, how do you plan basically, you know, to set up milestones or goals for each and every venture and, you know, make sure that, you know, you can track it properly. <laughs> so this is where somewhere the corporate experience had to come into play, right? I mean, uh, I've kind of worked with so many different teams and so many different projects at the same time, uh, you know, during my 22 plus years of corporate career, uh, that now I think this is something which is natural to me. But having said that, uh, I still have to organize myself. So when I when I speak to my partners at all these companies, I have uh, given them the days that I will be available for them. So somebody has a Wednesday and somebody has a Thursday and so on and so forth. It's not that other days I'm not available for them. But what I mean by that is on other days, uh, the priorities are going to be different. And if there is a, a, a chat or a, a you know thing that I need to respond to on the WhatsApp group, uh, then it will have to wait that much a little longer. But but I will definitely respond. It's not that I won't respond. Uh, so yes, organizing becomes a part of it. But most of the credit, I will give it to uh, my corporate experience where you have to work with on multiple projects at the same given point of time. And you need to constantly keep changing your hat uh, based on what role you play in each of those projects, right? So if you are, uh, you know, stepping in, as a, as, as a sales lead who is supposed to ensure revenue, then you work with people in the implementation team uh, or the delivery team to make sure that the implementation and the delivery happens in the fastest given time. You can't wait for, if their tad says that, you know, you, you, you four to six weeks, you can't really wait for four to six weeks for that to happen. You yeah. still, still speak to them to make it happen in one or two weeks. So that is, I think, uh, the secret and, and technology actually helps you to uh, organize and manage these things better, I would say. So I always, mm-hmm. uh, on my phone, there is uh, in the notepad, I always have my tasks for the day written. Uh, and sometimes I forget to uh, remove some of the tasks that happens with me. But adding a task is something that I do religiously. So if there is mm. a task that is needs to be added to the notes, then I definitely uh, don't forget that part. Sometimes, I remo- uh, you know, removing becomes a problem. And that's uh, okay. Yeah. Removal is okay. But if you don't forget adding, that is actually your blessing. Yeah. So that I would say uh, summarize is the, you know, is the secret. So one is that if you can, uh, if you can possibly organize the days, you know, uh, uh-huh. most, mostly... Uh, you know, a day that you will give to your consulting work, a day that you give, give to your mentoring work, a day that you will give to skill company, a day that you give, you, you will give dedicated to brunch bite. Uh, so I think that it becomes that much more easier. Other days also you do it, but you know, uh, so the on the brunch bite day, uh, maybe Taylor Smart and uh, the skill company mentally will take second and third place, right? In the priority list right uh, but otherwise that's the only way otherwise you can't move forward so basically it is a combination of adding your tasks and prioritizing them for that particular day absolutely to make sure you have addressed it and you organize it with your other stakeholders uh, right you know and setting the expectation with them is also very important otherwise right. uh, you know if they feel that you are available 
all seven days for them mm-hmm. uh, then that becomes a problem too now now they've got used to my style so uh, they're only probably pick up um, maximum number of things on the day which is mm-hmm. all- okay well, that's lovely so um, with these ventures and all and you and, and obviously the growth growth is what is one of the aspects that every entrepreneur looks now with growth comes funding plans so are you already funded or you're looking for any kind of funding plans in the future and so how are you going currently to currently all these companies are bootstrapped uh, okay. but yes uh, we we are uh, going to be out in the market uh, and we'll look for funding as well uh for all the three companies uh starting with taylor smart especially because with taylor smart what is happening is that uh, we moved out of pune only uh, during the first round of pandemic right uh, okay. so we have not uh, tasted success in the other six cities that we operate which is mumbai delhi bangalore uh, kolkata nagpur and goa uh, mm-hmm. we are yet to see that success uh, come to us you know we have a few set of customers in all these cities as of now so for that plus our first uh, overseas franchise is expected to come in malaysia right oh, so we yeah. have we have international plans as well so all these obviously needs um, you know uh, a lot of cash uh, which we'll have to burn uh, to make sure that uh, the uh, you know uh, organization is set in those local geographies in the way we want to do it um we'll have to spend some money on the tech as well our back end tech is still under development uh, you know after, so the customer uh, front facing is already there but you know the back end is not fully integrated yet so we have mm-hmm. to spend some money there as well so we are going to raise fund for taylor smart branch wide again it's the same story where you know we have expanded from um, goa to pune now uh mm-hmm. about 45 days back uh, and we are seeing some amazing traction there plus we are adding a few more uh, cuisines to our menus right i mean so for that the tie ups etc is something we have to do we have already have chennai and bangalore on our radar so again um, you know it's going to have uh, a national footprint for sure and we have plans for that so that will also need uh investments uh, which we'll have to raise a uh, skill company as i told you most of the the companies were betting on all these days were betting on uh companies which had uh, something to do with the curriculum side right not mm-hmm. many many soft skill companies uh, were backed on but now since the nep uh, deadline of 2023 is coming soon uh people have realized that they're going to have competition from at least 100 uh international colleges who have been given licenses to set up shops in india uh and that makes us um, uh, keeps us in a very sweet spot to to expand and 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 generate and contribute uh to these schools and colleges that we are targeting to work with on a yearly basis so we don't like work with like few classes so we don't say okay you take my 25 classes and you will become a wonderful public speaker that doesn't happen with us we work with the colleges and school in the full year with every single batch you know our program is is fitted that way so we we want to make it a integral part of uh, a kids growing right so that mm-hmm. so that it it actually bridges a lot of communication gaps not just between the the teacher and the student but also at home there are a lot of uh, kids we see 
are even scared to speak at home right because you know they they're scared of being charged and 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 other things so that also it helps so it has it's it's about overall uh, i would say development of a child or who is is going to get into the new system in 2023 so um, i uh, what i understand is you do have a future planned out for for your ventures um, now in the pandemic what all you had to change because everything first of all everything went on a full stop initially True. and True. then slowly when things started reviving it was mostly online yes. and you know the, the the basic things like you know offices schools everything is shut for now so yes. how it how did it hit your uh, business and how did you maneuver yourself to adapt to the new way i would say because this is what m- would continue in the coming years for now yes and this is again a very interesting question because in all the three yes. companies that i'm going to talk to you about the experiences <laughs> are different so let's right. talk about taylor smart first in the first wave suddenly when the wave was hit we saw a surge in our business okay so people thought abhi you know i have to finish my work and my budgets uh, sitting at home and it hit during the budget time i think meaning year end of of, of our uh, country uh, during the march so people started calling us inviting us for uh, you know uh, orders and we saw a spike in the first lockdown right but in the second lockdown it was ulta mm-hmm. it was completely shut the numbers were high so obviously my tailors masters were not even allowed in the society forget in the society in and around the society also they were not allowed so right. that made uh, life very difficult for us uh, in the last 8 9 months or so in the second lockdown but such would in the last month or so we are seeing the traction back again uh, and it's a good traction it's it's not what we would have thought ki, okay slowly slowly it built up no it's building up pretty rapidly i would say in 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 the taylor smart space at least uh, coming to brunch bites we were severely hit uh in the beginning you know it was that's why i said it was the reverse in taylor smart mm-hmm. we got business in brunch bite we have our business of schools became zero okay that's when right. we pivoted and we had to change our business model and do industrial catering because then the demand started coming from there plus we also picked up the social responsibility and uh, could actually serve some of the covid patients some for free some for charge etc etc so that helped us to get a lot of goodwill as well mm-hmm. but after we pivoted to the industrial catering side the journey has been very smooth for us even during the pandemic because we were supplying uh, since we were an essential service we were supplying to all the covid patients all the patients right. in isolation and things like that so the so that has been a consistent uh, growth for us or a, or a, or a smooth ride that way uh in case of um, branch bites the skill company we started with a bank actually right again because yeah um, you know the, the the lockdown had just started the um, the fatigue had not creeped in yet so much of the online meetings so people were enthusiastic they wanted to attend online programs Uh, mm-hmm. are coming online and you know if we had 120 participants registering at least 100 would turn up if now there are 120 participants registering there are 20 who will turn up <laughs> <laughs> because there is so much of fatigue and that right. one space uh, i think that 
we have still not recovered uh, because that also needs a little bit of paradigm shift right i mean uh, say what you have to say but you know uh, if the father and the mother has to decide whether to do a mathematical mathematics class uh, tuition class online or to do a public speaking class the the normal choice is a mathematics class right so uh, so that's where we are still 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 struggling i would say and uh, that's going to take some mindset shift in some way to uh, you know uh, see us sailing through if this remains only an online option yeah i totally agree because when it comes to a student life i think the other subjects go on a high priority than the languages exactly that, but that that's that's the way the our system is built right if you see outside of, of india that's not uh, actually how it works the um, you know the skilling takes an e- equally important advantages for students to be on a skill class rather than just do a mathematics class in some sense in most of the countries yeah has vocational classes and courses starting from standard 7 Mm-hmm. It's, it's a huge change because if yeah. you do those courses, means that you will have to compulsively express yourself and you know share your ideas and things with others, and that is what what will actually open up our kids uh, to a far better uh, you know uh, soft skilling process. That's true. That's true. So on this note, let's go on to our third segment where we talk about the employment now. you have come from the corporate world and you know how employment happens in corporate world and in a startup world so what difference do you see between the two worlds when it comes to hiring right so see corporate world obviously looks for one very simple thing that i should be able to spend least amount of my company time in training someone so uh, they do not prefer to hire you if you don't have the required experience in some sense of course the other things also are looked at as to how ambitious you are uh, what are some of your passion areas and so on and so forth so that but in my view that comes secondary because when the hr will shortlist and give the candidates to you to interview they will make sure that they are actually somebody who has done the kind of work that you are looking uh, at them to do right so so that's the basic difference in my view that you know people try to reduce their company's uh, training time in some sense to make sure that they become uh, you know usable or they become uh, you know they start delivering from the word go so that's the first thing in startup it is actually different in startup it is ulta the more you come with a fresh mind the more you don't have experience in a particular uh, you know uh, field that qualifies you more right all that matters is you know what is your interest areas right how inquisitive you are how much of a learner are you how much of a go getter are you what is what is the driving force behind you know uh, your existence in some sense so these are the things i think are completely different when you are in a corporate versus when you are in a startup yeah that's true so when it comes to hiring now suppose you want to hire somebody in in any of your ventures that that you are into so what is the basic focus uh, that you keep on is it on on the way they are communicating their confidence uh, the passion in which uh, in the interest that they have in your company so what exactly are you looking for of course you know the the passion for the subject is very important uh, no doubt about it so if i am talking about a fashion tech company 
the 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 people we hire for our business development work are mostly from styling background okay uh, because they are somebody who has worked with a big big styling brands and they understand styling so if let us say my bd person comes to to your home and says that you know veronica there are certain colors that will look fantastic on you right or or the, this these stripes or these uh, checks is something that you should completely avoid right uh, so that impact that they can create nobody else can create so their interest in fashion is very very important for us right uh, and and that's that becomes one of the most deciding factors and second thing actually is obviously their confidence and how they conduct themselves because these are for us mostly uh, most of our employees are customer facing right mm-hmm. uh, except for you know 20% of the people who actually do work in the workshops uh, most of our employees are are customer facing so confidence and you know how they conduct themselves becomes the second most important thing for us right so the technical aspect of your venture uh, have you like you know uh, collaborated with somebody or uh, you are doing it in house no we have collaborated with somebody and we have mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. We, we prefer outsourcing it also to startups only because we find them to be more agile we find them to be more flexible uh, mm-hmm. we find them to be more accommodating uh, so all the work that we are doing currently whether it is in our inventory management that we want to bring in for um, uh, for taylor smart or logistics management that we want to bring in in for brunch bites we are working with startups okay uh, as a rule so and and you are giving them uh, the training so that they understand the functional and the business uh, logic of your ventures yeah so we agree on a scope of work uh, mm-hmm. that that we write at least uh, two to three times uh, and it goes through and forth between the companies that we we are going to sign contract with uh, once the uh, scope of work is frozen then ob- obviously it runs like a project right so there is uh, a proper charter uh, which needs to be followed uh, for the timelines to be met uh, so we have kept it very very simple and then mm-hmm. obviously uh, the discussion on what technology to use what back end to use what front end to use what middleware if if and when there are, there is the case to use etc is the conversation that happens during the scope of the work itself right? okay and we don't keep uh, you know making those changes um, randomly mhm mm-hmm. understood yeah. so um because now the employees that are getting hired in your ventures are mostly uh, they are facing the customer right so yeah. it's the face of your venture yeah. so what challenges have you faced in hiring the right talent for any kind of uh, opportunity that you have we say that there is so much of unemployment and this and that in this country but when you float a jd it's very <laughs> defined candidates trust me on this yeah and, and the process is pretty lengthy uh if you find people with the same uh, required education qualification uh you will make you will see that you know they don't have the desired soft skills to communicate with the customer so you just can't hire them they are not market ready that's the gap which is clearly visible to me at least now that i am in this space uh even when i was hiring for my earlier companies uh, i used to see that but that time i felt that okay maybe we are looking at experienced candidates and hence it is happening mm-hmm. uh, now that i am looking at candidates with zero experience freshers starters etc etc 
I still find it difficult to find the right candidate because we don't have the market ready. And one of the biggest, biggest drawback is soft skills. You know, people think that, okay, if you're going into sales, then only you need to be able to speak. But that's not true anymore. You know, even right. operations guy has to communicate with the customer. You know, the, even the backend guy, my master has to communicate with the customer. He can't just go with the BD person and, uh, you know, stand quietly there, right? I mean, he has true. to talk to you. So uh, the myth that, okay, if you're choosing a sales or a marketing career, only then you need to speak is no more valid. And you need to be mindful of the fact that you need to have both the skills, the hard skills and the soft skills uh, to be hired even as a fresher. Now, uh, since since the again, the employees are customer facing, so you might be having certain employees whose main ambition basically is to understand how things work and probably start something on their own because they are, they are having that entrepreneurial mind. So Perfect. does it hit or hurt your business in some way or the other when you hire people like that? No way, no way. We will, in fact, encourage such people who want mm-hmm. to do their own startups and, you know, because they are the ones who come with the brilliant either ideas or the execution plan, you know. So it will be criminal for you to kill those plans, you know. Right. As long as they are contributing to whatever goals that you have set for your company, I think, each and every one of us should encourage that. And more number of people who can go and execute my idea better than I can do, I will be happy. Trust me. Because I am a firm believer of the fact that idea is nobody's proprietary. Uh, it, it can be executed in multiple different ways and there will be people who can do it better than you. So, so feel True. free. In my, <laughs> my world, at least feel free. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've, I've seen this thought echoed across many people that I've spoken to. So now let's go, get on with our last segment, a little bit lighter, nothing on the heavy aspect. So what's your favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur? Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> it's yes. the fact that I'm able to manage the flexibility of my timing. Uh, not I, 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 I will not say that I was not doing it before. I, <laughs> I was notorious to be late uh, at work at times. Uh, but, you know, this, there is a huge amount of flexibility uh, that is available with you. And that's, that's one reason why I can do so many things, uh, you know, at one given point of time. Because I can manage my time accordingly the way mm-hmm. I want. Uh, and then I can balance it also well, right? So I have a three-year-old right. daughter who's, uh, who uh, also takes a lot of my time away. So, uh, and I, I, I'm happy that I'm able to, you know, enjoy that side of uh, life as well. Because otherwise, it, it is always uh, uh, demanding when you're in the corporate uh, space. Uh, the second important thing is that I think I'm getting noticed far more now, you know as compared to my corporate uh, life. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because, as you rightly pointed out, uh, somehow uh, the three, four, five ideas that I'm working with are socially impacting some way or the other. Uh, They they are all job creating, uh, you know, and and that is something that I personally enjoy and love, which is working with people, creating the difference, um, uh, in whatever small way that I can. And that is giving me a lot of recognition, uh, which is what is also a, a big, big 
plus for me. Uh, so these are, I think, the two main things I would say. Okay, so with entrepreneurial journey comes a lot of challenges, right? Yeah. And at times you do feel a little bit stressed out or burnt out because you are stuck somewhere. True. What are what are the three things, or not three? I'm just putting a random number. So what are the three things that you do that helps you out to come out of that phase? Oh, I never never skip my run. So um, I uh, run half marathons. <laughs> so in the run up to the practice sessions, I do an average of, uh, let's say, about 30 or 40 kilometers a week. Wow. Uh, so that is uh, huge, uh, huge, what you could say, booster for me in the mornings. You know, that's where uh, I imagine myself in different positions. I have also become prime minister of this country multiple times while running. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's my me time I would say uh, that's the time which allows me to uh, calm myself down and also gives me that extra energy to go uh, you know longish hours during the day uh, so that's my favorite thing I don't uh, compromise on my coffee breaks and chit chats right so mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's something that I never give up uh, so in between meetings, uh, if I am at, uh, you know, the co-working spaces that I, that I work from either in Pune or in Goa, uh, I make sure that those five, 10 minute breaks are uh, uh, counted for. Um, and I love my cappuccino. So I don't miss out on that at least three times, yeah. <laughs> three times a day. Uh, and in the evening, obviously, uh, you know, getting to spend some time um, with my daughter and, and the family is uh, something that is is a huge reliever when you come back so you know if you look at the three um, parts of the day which is the morning uh, during the day and and then in the evening i think uh, i think i get sorted in that sense mm-hmm. that's interesting now uh, with the journey um, every entrepreneur goes through you learn a lot and at the same time, you grow because I think the maturity level also increases on how you want to conduct your business. Absolutely. So if I give you a time machine now and I ask you to go back to a time where you want to correct any of your mistakes, what that would be? I should have quit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I've never heard anyone say that. Yes, I should have quit earlier because right now, in my view, India is the paradise of opportunities, right? Uh, in my view, a lot of things uh, are changing in India. Uh, and I'm saying it more from the consumer point of view and not, uh, not politically. Uh, so the kind of consumer base that you can look for to get in India, uh, I think no other country except China can boast about it. And that is the biggest strength that we have. The other thing which is happening is is that there are the, the technology developers are increasing. So if you first wanted to just do an app, you know, you would get people who would say teen lakh, char lakh, paach lakh, whatever number they, and, and the choices were limited. Today, there are several people who will do these apps and website at, at one-tenth of the cost. And you the quality just goes on getting better and better every time that you fish for. So... In my view, I think one of the things that I would have corrected if I had the time machine that you're giving me is I would have started a little earlier 
uh, even my ex boss and mentor said that that oh you quit now i thought you would have quit 2 years back and you are kind of cut out for it to uh, you know uh, make a difference in this space so i think that's the thing that i would have changed mm-hmm. quite interesting so the last question of the segment and the interview what are the three advices that would you would like to give to our uh, i have i had heard somewhere that you know you should always start with the end in mind uh, and what it means is that Uh, if you really want to execute well you should know where you're heading right what is the kind of product or service that you want to create because 95% as i said earlier 95% of your success of your idea depends on your execution and if you don't have the end in mind you will make several mistakes during execution which are not worth making so always i would say start with the end in mind that would be my first uh, this thing um take away second i would say that figure out what your strength is you know i mean it's not necessary that the idea is yours and you know you will be the best guy to execute it never happens that way there could be somebody else in your team itself who can actually execute the idea better than you then you should know that what is the role that you should stick for so i have for example in all the companies that i am associated with my role is the same as i told you earlier also because i believe that that's my strength that's my passion that's where you know i can add maximum value and the third and the final one is create a culture of ownership right right from the so for example in case of brunch bites or tailor smart where we have to work with masters tailors and delivery partners if the delivery partner doesn't own brunch bite as a brand he will not care whether he delivers at 12:30 or 1:30 but if he knows that okay the delivery window is between 12:30 and 1:30 only he will never make the mistake of delivering after 1:30 so i'm saying creating culture of ownership especially for startups is very very important because the last person in the value chain is somebody who needs to know what is the purpose he is here in this company right what's his purpose is it his is his purpose only to deliver that food or is it his purpose to create that brand and experience for the customer to whom he is delivering the food so that's the difference i think which is very very important to understand and to create that culture my ex boss used to quote uh, you know uh, ex boss and mentor used to quote this one uh, very beautiful quote which said culture it's strategy for breakfast so which means that you can have a fantastic strategy uh, but if you don't have the culture you know that strategy will be will be eaten for breakfast so that's very very important in uh, you know a startup ecosystem that you develop so those are my three uh, you know i wouldn't call them uh, suggestions or you know advice or anything but these are my observations you can say oh no those are quite valuable actually and i hope our listeners are listening to it quite keenly and with that note uh, it comes to an end of the interview and thank you preetam for your time and uh, sharing wonderful insights i would say about your venture and your journey and it's quite inspiring pleasure is on mine veronica and thank you once again for having me on your show hope you have loads of success with this show and all the very best thank you so much
So that's all from me today. I hope you enjoyed the interview and had some valuable lessons to take in with you and the stories inspired you and you found it interesting. I would be coming with more new stories in the coming week. Every week, every Monday, you will get to hear from me from a new entrepreneur, their stories about their brands, about their insights on employment and few tips and tricks to get into entrepreneurship. Stay tuned, stay safe and enjoy your life.